This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for 37 years as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour. The best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. And now here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Make sure you stay focused from the kickoff to the end of the game. Your attitude is we will win. You have the opportunity to take this team and go to the next week. It's not guaranteed, but we will do it. We should have confidence. We should go out and play like we played all year, and we'll be the victor. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Chiefs great coach Al Saunders, a Super Bowl champion with the Los, with the Los Angeles Rams, with the St. Louis Rams, who is my guest last week, telling us in our interview what it would take for the Kansas City Chiefs to beat the Houston Texans last week. And that philosophy is exactly why, in my opinion, the Chiefs ended up winning. Because they didn't give up on themselves. They were focused on what they had to do, even down 24 to nothing. 24 to nothing down in the first quarter. People were booing at Arrowhead Stadium last week. My son, who's 30, turned to me and said, Dad, the Patriots beat the Falcons. They were down 28 to 3 at halftime. I said, I know. This game is far from over. You play four quarters, not one. I've talked on this show for years about the keys to success, as I call it. Preparation, focus, attitude, confidence. And the winners of the games today between the Packers and the 49ers and the Chiefs and the Titans will talk about those words after the games. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Welcome to our show. I'm here every week from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. Our show is now syndicated around the country in a number of, number of cities. One of the only sports psychology shows in the country. And we talk about mindsets on this show. I've been in practice for 39 years working as a sports psychologist on the radio for 28 years, the last 18 here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. And I've had the privilege to work with so many great athletes throughout my career. Great coaches, great people. And we talk about success. We talk about failure. I got a call Friday from a classmate of mine at Vanderbilt University. I haven't talked to him in a long time. He's a great football player there. And we had a great spirited talk about who was going to win. Obviously, he's a big Derrick Henry fan. And I've, if you've listened to this show, you know I've, Gone to Chiefs game since the first game they ever played. I went to the first Super Bowl, and I'd love to go back to the Super Bowl this year if they're in it. But what will it take to get there? We're going to talk about that mentally today. But I'd be remiss to not also talk about what's going on in baseball. As a sports psychologist who works with athletes on what it takes to be successful, it's been disgusting this week to hear all the things that have gone on in baseball with cheating. The sign stealing that's gone on with the Astros. 
And now you're hearing other players. Jack McDowell came out a couple days ago talking about so Tony Lewis who did it when he managed the White Sox. Why do people cheat? Why do people need to cheat? In my opinion, it's very simple. They're insecure. They're not confident and comfortable with playing within the rules. They have a lack of security with who they are, what they're about. They don't think they're good enough. So they have to do something against the rules, against the grain. That's why people cheat. The Houston Astros good enough to win the World Series, yes. Do they need to steal signs to get there and, and, and win? No. But they did it. Why? They wanted to find that edge. We've got to find some other edge to beat these teams, to beat the Dodgers, to, to beat whoever we're playing, the Yankees, the Red Sox. doesn't matter. Cheating is unacceptable in sports. But it happens all the time, and it happens because people are insecure. I'd love to get your thoughts. If you are a sports fan, and this whole situation has bothered you, I'd love to hear from you, get your thoughts on that. Why do you think people cheat? Why do they have to cheat? I want to get into that today. Psychologically, what does it take to win? Last week, I think the Chiefs game against the Texans is a great lesson if you're a coach. It's a great lesson if you're an athlete. Because this team did not quit on themselves. You know, I, I've talked on this show many, many times what I talk about focus on effort versus focus on results. If you focus on your effort, you're focusing on what you're doing at that moment. If you're on the golf course, you're on the fourth hole, you're in the middle of the fairway, you've got a clean shot into the green, or you're thinking, if I hit this on, I birdie the hole, or I might eagle it. No, you need to focus on, it's 180 yards in, what I need to do to hit this ball on. Is it a six iron? What do I hit from here? What I need to do to hit this close to the pin? Focus on your effort. If you're focusing on, I've got to get it on to get a birdie, then you're focusing on results, and you're not focusing on what you're doing. There's been a great story written about what Patrick Mahomes did at the end of the first quarter with the team, pulling them together, especially the offense, telling them to focus on what they were doing. Exactly that. He focused on their effort. Down 24 to nothing. They're not thinking that. They're thinking, okay, let's execute. Let's focus on what we have to do right now. McCall Harbin ran a kickoff back past midfield. A couple of plays later, Chiefs were in the end zone, and they were on their roll for seven straight touchdowns because their focus was on effort. Whichever teams win today in these two playoff games, you will hear conversation by the players and coaches afterwards about effort, about focus, about attitude. They might say we were getting down, but then we knew we had to focus on what we had to do. We had to focus on our concentration. We had to focus on our game plan. Those are the keys to success psychologically. Let's face it. Any of the teams that are playing today could win. Why are they here? Because they're good. They're not good. They're great. They're great teams. You don't make it this far in the NFL season to the AFC and NFC championship games if you're not a great team. And obviously the players in these teams are very, very good. But it comes down now to a mindset, to an attitude, to a belief. You know, I talk about three kinds of attitudes, positive, negative, and realistic. And I always tell people you need to have a positive, realistic attitude. What's that mean? Be ready for the negative things that could happen. Have a game plan for them. Be prepared. 
Don't freak out. Don't lose your concentration. Don't lose your focus. And that will help you get through it. Mindset is a key now when you get to this point. Obviously, game plans and strategies, all those things are what have gotten you here and what will get you through this game. But in the midst of a game, you know, if you're a fan, you're all psyched up, you're all pumped up, and your emotions sometimes can get take the best of you. But if you're a player, you've got to keep even. So today we're going to talk about that. And I want to talk about, as I said, why do people cheat? Why do teams cheat? I'd like to get your calls, get your opinions on both. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm here every week. We talk about the metal side of sports on this show. And I always like to say you can have two athletes who are physically the same, but the one with the stronger mind will come out on top. What does a stronger mind mean? It means you've got a good mindset in terms of mental preparation. It means your focus is there. You're concentrating on the task at hand. You're ready for distractions. You have a positive, realistic attitude. And you have confidence, no matter what happens, that you can do it. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive, realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development, our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com radio. That's winnersunlimited.com radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com radio. The world of youth sports has grown tremendously in the last few years, and with that growth comes questions. What's the right age to let my child start playing? When should winning and losing become important? And how can the youth sports experience be fun? These questions and many more are addressed head-on in sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs' book, Just Let Him Play, guiding parents, coaches, and athletes through youth sports. Written with Major League Baseball pitcher Jeff Montgomery and Hall of Fame swimming coach Peter Malone, just Let Him Play tackles the issues that make youth sports increasingly difficult for parents, coaches, officials, and especially kids. Just Let Him Play explains the importance of winning and losing, success and failure, and why it's okay when not every athlete gets a trophy. For more information and to get your copy of Just Let Him Play, go to winnersunlimited.com and click Products. That's winnersunlimited.com and click Products. One more time, for your copy of Just Let Him Play, go to winnersunlimited.com and click Products. Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with a sun protection factor, or SPF, of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. 
UVA rays age the skin, UVB rays burn, and both cause cancer. But the perfect sunscreen doesn't count if you use it wrong. Don't need sunscreen on a cloudy day? Wrong. 80% of UV rays still get through the haze. Only use sunscreen at the beach? Nope. Anytime you're outside, UV rays attack the skin, so you need protection. And you have to reapply sunscreen every two hours. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section. When dad injured his back, when your basketball star tore his ACL, opioids helped with the pain, and you held on to them just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Opioids are powerful pain-reducing prescription medicines, but most people who are prescribed opioids don't finish their prescriptions. So millions of unused opioids are sitting in homes across the country, and tragically, more than 100 Americans die every day from overdoses involving opioids. What can you do to protect your family? Remove the risk of unused opioids from your home. Pills, patches, or syrups in drawers, purses, and cabinets, anywhere they might be hiding. To find out how to dispose of them properly, visit www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Welcome to the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810, WHB in Kansas City. Exciting day here in Kansas City because it's the AFC Championship game here, the Chiefs and the Titans, and the 49ers and the Packers playing out in San Francisco today. It's really interesting, as I said, to, to hear the comments from the players and the coaches after the games. Because I, I will predict that they will talk about mindset. They will talk about their attitude. They will talk about their demeanor. We're going to get into that in this segment. We're also talking about, and I, as I said, I'd be remiss to not bring this up, as this is a sports psychology show, about the baseball cheating scandal, the science England scandal that the Astros have done, that you will probably find more people bringing this up now that it's been going on. I think it's disgusting that anyone would cheat in sports, but it happens. Why does that happen? Because I think people are insecure with who they are and what they have to do. They have to do things against the rules to win. Dennis is on the line. Dennis, good morning. How are you? Hey, Dr. Jacobs. Uh, this is a great subject. Uh, <clears throat> I think we see cheating uh, start very early in sports. Uh, kids are, see this, and especially the kids that watch professional sports like basketball and football because there's constant cheating going on. Players lying about what they did. Uh, they're trying to fool the referees. They're trying to fool the coaches. Basketball is probably the best example. In fact, several years ago, uh, Sports Illustrated ran an article about basketball, the game of deceit. Uh, and I think this fosters uh, this attitude at a young age with kids, and the parents let them slide. I've been to a lot of uh, kids' sporting events, and you see it all the time. Can you get away with it? Can you get away with it? 
And I think until we see penalties like what just happened in baseball where somebody lost their job, I think it's going to continue. Well, Dennis, why do you think people do that? What do you think the I think reason? You're, I think you're right on. I, I think they, they're insecure. They, they feel like, i got to get an edge. i got to get an edge. It doesn't matter if I break the rules. Lance Armstrong, uh, he's probably the best example in a, you know, in recent history. Uh, gotta break the rules. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. So it's okay for me to do it. Uh, but, you know, what they're not thinking, it's like a common criminal. Criminal's not thinking about getting caught. They're, they're not thinking about that. They're, they're thinking about, I want to win. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna get it. Well, that's a, that's a good point. You know, here, here's the situation I think that, that, that makes it really disgusting for me. This is the World Series champions, okay? And this isn't this isn't like, you know, a team in the middle of the season that's 10, twenty games under five hundred. This is the team that won the World Series, and so to me, I think it's a great example of a learn, learning lesson for younger people. Unfortunately, people do this, and I've been around athletes. I've, I've been a sports psychologist for thirty nine years, and I've 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 seen this. I've dealt with it. Years ago, when my oldest son, Jonathan, was playing on Jeff Montgomery's baseball team, Jeff Montgomery, the Royals' all-time closer, co-author with Pete Malone of our book, Just Let Him Play, we had a game where we were playing an all-star team. Jonathan, was the kids were 12, and Joe Carter's son is on the team, and Joe was sitting next to me in the stand. Now, Joe Carter is one of the greatest people I've ever met. This one boy comes up, and the other team gets a double, Scores in the next batter. Two batters later, Joe says to me, Andy, isn't that the same kid? And I'm like, you know what it is. So Joe went down and says it to Monty. Monty goes over to the umpire that called time. <clears throat> Excuse me. The umpire calls the coach out. Yeah, yeah. We just switched jerseys. We wanted him to bat again. Three batters later. Well, that coach was told to leave. Of course, he sat behind the, the dugout and still was coaching the team even though he was told to leave. Now, Dennis, why do you think someone would do that for 12-year-old kids? What's the lesson those <laughs> kids are learning? I, I, I'm not sure about the answer to that one, Dr. Jacobs. I'd leave that to you. Uh, but, you know, every time I go to a game, I don't care what it is, I see somebody with the intent of deceiving a referee, uh, you know, and, and it's just it's sickening because... Why don't you just be honest? I mean, there were, I can't remember what year it was, but it was a long, long time ago. And the United States was playing for a volleyball championship. And a guy went up and he got in the net and the ref didn't see it. Uh, and they won the point, which they won the match. And then the, the guy that committed the foul grabbed the net and started shaking it like, no, I was in the net. But how many times do you see that today? Dennis, it's called, I, I it's called, it's called sportsmanship. Yeah, it's called right. sportsmanship, I, and unfortunately, not enough people display it. I think you'll see it today in the Chiefs Titans game. Um, I think Andy Reid. I've never met him, but everything I've I've read about him and what I've heard about him from many of the players that I've worked with privately, is he's a wonderful person, a good man. Last week, Al Saunders was on our show, one of the best coaches I've ever met. Al's a man of tremendous integrity. We've talked about this type of stuff. He and I have talked about this a lot before. You know, you play, you know, Herm Edwards, great quote, you play to win the game. When you're in the NFL, you know, we've got three games left in this season. And the the ultimate winner will be the winner. But all these teams playing today are winners. 
All four teams are winners. The Titans, the Chiefs, the 49ers, the Packers. Of course, in the NFL, it's the Super Bowl winner that you think about. But all these times, these teams are winners. They've gotten to this point. And, you know, I think fairness in sport is important. I think we need to promote it. I think we need to push it. And I think this lesson in baseball can maybe open the door for more education for you sport coaches about what's right and what's wrong. And hopefully that's going to happen. I hope you're right, Dr. Jacobs, because we really need a change in that part of, of sports right from the kids on up to the professionals. Well, we'll see what happens. Dennis, thanks for your call today. Yeah, sir. You. appreciate it. Take care. So if you're a player, how do you get ready? What do you have to do? Do you change your routine? Do you start thinking too much? You know, with all the, the teams and players I've worked with in my 39 years, we, we focus on consistency. You know, just because it's the playoffs, you don't try to do something different. You've got to go through your same prep. What's gotten you here? What have you done to get to this point? Mentally, attitude-wise, confidence-wise, focus-wise. You know, Al, Al Saunders last week talked a lot about preparation with us on the show. What, what have you been doing that's gotten you here? Do you change things around? I mean, yes, if you lose, you're done, and you win, you go on. So there is that sense of urgency that you're going to feel, especially if the game's tight as you get close to the end. But if you focus on your strengths, focus on your psychological strengths, focus on the minds that you have to be the best you can be, that gives you the best chance to succeed. So I'd like to hear from you. If you've played in a championship game before, you've coached a championship game before, what kind of mindset did you have? How did you, did you change things around? Did you try to be different? Or did you try to just keep doing the same thing? If you're on your way to Arrowhead Stadium, which I know there are people already going out there this early in the morning, how are you going to deal with, with that as well? And here's the other thing. This game today here in Kansas City, it's going to be in the teens, temperature-wise. So how do you prepare for that? If you're a player, how do you prepare for playing in a cold-weather game? A little bit differently than, say, when it's 70 degrees. Mindset, to me, as I said earlier, is one of the key things. And I'd like to hear from you. If you're a coach, and you've coached that big game before, that championship game, did you try to be consistent? Did you try to be different? How would you handle that? I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Are you an athlete, competitor, or ordinary individual who wants to learn how to relax, build confidence, and think more positively? Then the 20 Minutes to Success series of digital downloads and audio CDs from sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs are perfect for you. 20 Minutes to Success will teach you techniques to help you succeed. Dr. Jacobs covers topics like deep breathing for better focus, confidence building, and positive visualization. The 20 Minutes to Success series includes programs for individual sports like swimming, running, tennis, and baseball. You can also target overall athletic performance or relaxation. For more information and to get 20 minutes to success on digital download or CD, go to winnersunlimited.com and click products. That's winnersunlimited.com and click products. One more time, to get 20 minutes to success, go to winnersunlimited.com and click products. 
Hi, Grandma. What's for dinner? Hey, honey, I'm making stew tonight. Ooh, can Nina come over? I'm not sure about our new friend. I wonder if there's been any drinking going on. Alcohol at her age can lead to so many bad things. I've been meaning to ask you, what would happen if someone offered you a drink? Grandma! This is hard. She's so young. But I know I need to talk to her about it now before someone tries to give her alcohol. If anyone ever does offer you a drink, I want you to say no. I have too much respect for my family and I don't want to get in trouble. Okay. Really? I promise, Grandma. I love you too. Okay, how about tasting this stew and telling me what you think? Mmm. Some children may try alcohol as young as nine years old. It's not too early to talk about drinking. For tips on how to begin the conversation, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. That's underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. This message brought to you by SAMHSA and this station. All right, crew, let's get her dug. Honey, you want to give me a hand? I'm planting that tree, remember? No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project, so you can avoid hitting our essential buried utilities. This includes natural gas and petroleum pipelines, electric, communication cables, and water and sewer lines. So before you do this, or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811 brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. If you suffer from COPD symptoms like shortness of breath and fatigue, where do you turn? There are medications and oxygen, but do you know about pulmonary rehab? Three out of five COPD patients have never heard of it. Pulmonary rehab is an exercise, education, and support program that gives you tools to manage your condition, and Medicare typically pays for it. So whether it's grocery shopping on your own or just walking across the room, pulmonary rehab can help you. Visit livebetter.org to find out about your options for pulmonary rehab today. Here's farmer and landowner John Prue. We purchased the land about three years ago, and there was an old farmstead on there with trees. We were going to clear the land so we could farm through it. We thought we knew where the pipe was, so we didn't call to get it located. The work on our property led to the damage of a light crude pipeline. Fortunately, no one was hurt, but it could have been much worse. Never assume the location or depth of underground lines. Always call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com before you start work. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety Campaign. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Make sure you stay focused from the kickoff to the end of the game. Your attitude is we will win. You have the opportunity to take this team and go to the next week. It's not guaranteed, but we will do it. We should have confidence. We should go out and play like we played all year, and we'll be the victor. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Al Saunders, my guest last week. If you know who Al is, he coached for 50 years, 38 years in the NFL, and gave us his opinion on what it would take last week for the Chiefs to beat the Texans. Want to talk about that? And as I said, also about the issue of cheating in baseball, which I think we have to bring up because it's to me, it's it's such a disgusting issue. 
And here's my question. If, if you're listening this morning, you're on a team and somebody's cheating on your team. What do you do? You end up winning the game. You end up winning the championship. But you know there are people on your team who are breaking the rules. Do you stay silent because you won? Or do you say something? What would you do? Love to hear from you. If you're a coach and you've seen cheating before, do you report it? Do you ignore it? If you have been on a team and somebody's cheated on your team, somebody's doing something illegal, do you just stay silent? How do you handle that? You know, winning. These football games today are about winning. They're about advancing to the Super Bowl. Playing within the rules, playing the right way, doing it the right way. You know, the Patriots have been accused several times over the last few years of cheating. There was the flake gate. There's the, the thing with the video a couple times. Always looking for an edge. Is it looking for an edge or is it going against the grain? Confidence to me today is what it all comes down to. I talk, as I said earlier, preparation, focus, attitude, confidence. The four words I talk about all the time as, as keys to success. Preparations, how you get prepared mentally, physically, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, nutritionally. What are the things you do to get ready? For a big championship game, you need to go about the same routine that you've been using that's gotten you there. If you try to change things, you can get out of whack. Yes, the game, you get to a playoff situation. And you win, you move on, you lose, you're done. But you've got to focus on execution. Focus on what's gotten you there. Focus on your strengths. And preparation mentally, to me, is such a big thing. This week, I heard Tyron Matthew talk about his visualization. How he visualizes plays. I mean, one of the great safeties in the league, playing for the Chiefs. How he visualizes plays during the week. He visualizes himself in situations in games. I have talked about visualization visualization. My entire career. When I first started back in 1981, people told me I was full of it. It's hocus pocus and witchcraft. No, visualization is picturing yourself in a situation, in all kinds of situations before you've been in it. So when you're there, you'll know how to react. Visualization is mental preparation. Visualization is, is an essential component to success. So if I'm working with any of these players... And I've worked with several NFL players. We talk about this all the time. Visualize your game. Former Chiefs kicker Nick Lowry, who worked with me for 14 years, used to co-host the show with me. We would talk about it on this show. Nick had a routine that he would use before games. He would go out onto the field, and it didn't matter what the game. Preseason, regular season, postseason, same routine. He retired the most accurate kicker in football history and he kicked more field goals than anybody in football history in 1996 when he retired. His game plan was to go out and visualize kicks. He'd start close in and move back. He'd see the kick going through the uprights. He'd have a game plan. And you watch today's kickers. Of course, this is now 24 years later. And kickers have advanced in their abilities. They can kick from much farther back. 
Nick was one of the first kickers to kick from almost 60 yards. Now, today, you're getting many that are attempting from close to that distance. But the visualization part is a key part of this. I can almost assure you that the team that wins today will talk about how they saw themselves in these situations before. What are we going to do if we're up behind the eight ball? As a, as a Chiefs fan and, and someone who lives in Kansas City, one of the great interviews I've ever heard was with Joe Montana when the Chiefs beat the Steelers in 1993 in the playoffs. It was 4th and 10, less than two minutes to go in the game. The Chiefs were down by a touchdown. Joe Montana threw a touchdown to Tim Barnett in the end zone. After the game, he was interviewed. He said, I, I wasn't even aware it was 4th down. I just knew we needed to score. We needed to execute. At the same time, of course, if you're a Chiefs fan, you won't like to hear this one, but the name Lynn Elliott brings up nightmares for many people here. Missed three kicks in a playoff game. And after the game, he was interviewed by Al Walsh of Fox 4 News and asked him, what were you thinking on that last kick? And his comment was, I was trying not to be negative. When you're trying not to be negative, what are you doing? You're being negative. They're focusing on the negative. So today, whichever teams win these two games, they're going to focus on their execution. They're going to focus on the next play. If you're a coach, I think last week's Chiefs-Texans game is maybe one of the greatest teachable moments you can have as a coach with your players to focus on why you focus on your effort and your game plan. And you don't worry about the score. 24 nothing at the end of the first quarter. Houston's leading the Chiefs. Halftime, Chiefs are up 28-24. How did that happen? They didn't panic. They didn't freak out. And Patrick Mahomes' leadership was a key to that. Their focus was on executing. Let's go to the next play. we got plenty of time left. Let's keep playing. Let's just do our thing. Boom, boom, boom. They score four touchdowns. Before you know, they scored seven touchdowns in a row. I think the mindset you will hear players talk about after these games will talk so much about why they either won or lost. Obviously, as a sports psychologist, this is what I deal with. I don't deal with fundamentals. But I work with coaches and players on how to deal with these things. You don't want to lose your temper. You don't want to lose your focus. You want to stay even. Yeah, you want to be pumped up, but you don't want to go over the edge. You go over the edge, penalties happen. The old, quote, choking happens. Why do people choke? They try too hard. They think too much about what they don't want to do, what they don't want to have happen. They focus too much on score. They lose their focus on concentrating. If you're a coach, I'd like to hear from you. If you've played in a championship game before, if you're an athlete and you've played in a championship game, what have you thought mindset-wise, about that game. Did you focus on doing the same things? Or are you focusing too much on it's a championship, we've got to win, we've got to win, we've got to win, we can't lose? Where does your mindset go? I'd love to hear from you if you're a coach, if you're an athlete, how you handle that. The quote we've played from Al Saunders from our show from last week says it all. Concentrate on things that got you here. Concentrate on things you've done. That's why you've been successful. You don't want to change your game plan. You want to keep being consistent. 
The interviews with players and coaches after the AFC and NFC Championship Games today will tell the story about how they were successful and why they weren't. The teams that lose, I can almost assure you, will talk about a lot, lack of focus, feeling the pressure, trying too hard, worrying too much. I said it before, I'll say it again. You can have two athletes who are physically the same. The one with the stronger mind will be the one who will come out on top. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive, realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development, our priorities to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Here's farmer and businessman James Wood. We farm about 3,500 acres. There's pipelines everywhere. The contractor working on my property did not have the lines located before he began work, and it resulted on a strike on a natural gas pipeline. Fortunately, no one was hurt, but it could have been much worse. Never assume the location or depth of underground lines. Always call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com before you start work. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety campaign. All across the country, people are coming together to speed up what we can learn about health. The All of Us Research Program is calling on one million people to join us as we try to change the future of health. For your family, for future generations, for all of us. Visit joinallofus.org and find out how you can become one in a million. Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with a sun protection factor, or SPF, of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. UVA rays age the skin, UVB rays burn, and both cause cancer. But the perfect sunscreen doesn't count if you use it wrong. Don't need sunscreen on a cloudy day? Wrong. 80% of UV rays still get through the haze. Only use sunscreen at the beach? Nope. Anytime you're outside, UV rays attack the skin, so you need protection. And you have to reapply sunscreen every two hours. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration.
This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Welcome to our show here on Sports Radio 810 WHB, our flagship station. You know, sports brings people together. And it's it's so much fun when you obviously win. It's a bummer when you lose. And it'll be interesting to see what happens after the game today and the Chiefs' uh, rivals, the Packers and the uh, 49ers. That topic and then, the, of course, the, the, the issue I said about cheating in sports, which just disgusts me. I brought up about the Astros stealing signs, which just it's just so wrong. And uh, obviously, three, three, four people have been fired. The Astros manager, general manager, Carlos Beltran, who was going to manage with the Mets, and Alex Gore with the Red Sox are all gone because they were involved in this. And let's see what Michael has to say. Michael, good morning. How are you? Michael, are you there? Did we lose him? We'll try one more time. Hello? Michael, are you there? Yes, I'm yeah, here. There you are. Go ahead. How are you this morning? All right. I'm doing all right this morning. Um, I just I heard you talk about the cheating scandal, and I've been following that because I've kind of watched the Royals from afar when uh, when they beat the Astros a couple of years ago. I know a few folks from Houston, but the old adage, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, is something that I heard continuously on and on and on throughout my brief sports career early in high school and uh, middle school was pretty decent up until that time until an injury. Um, but again, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Was always there. It was always pushed, and it was never explained to me until later on in life when I understood it's not cheating at breaking the rules. It's more of a do whatever you can to get to where you need to get as fast as you can. But that's not cheating. And there's an integrity thing that, that, that I kind of hold real dear to my heart that I wouldn't like to win by efforts that were outside of the rules. That's not really playing the game the right way, right? What would you what would you do if you were on a team? Let me ask this question. Let's say you're on a team that wins. One, let's say one of these teams today wins. Okay, well, obviously one of them is going to. There will be two teams today winning. And one of them blatantly break the, broke the rules. There was a guy on your team that broke the rules. And you're a teammate, but you won the championship. But somebody blatantly broke the rules that, that resulted in you winning. What would you do about that, Michael? Would you say something? Would you be quiet? What would you do? I would never be quiet. But um, considering the circumstances on how and when I knew those transgressions took place. So if you're in the midst of it and what's going on, I'll give you the emotional trauma of not saying anything at the time because you don't understand what's going on, but eventually say something. If you know it and you see it, you need to say something. How do you feel? Let me ask, let me ask this question. How do you feel about Mike, Mike Fires, the pitcher, former Astros pitcher who exposed this scandal? Um, a lot of people would say that he would be a snitch. Um, and that's not, Doing the right thing and, and, and reporting what's right is not snitching. You know, if he was stealing signs and then he said, okay, now that I've gotten caught, I'm going to go ahead and give up everyone else, eh, I can almost see that honor amongst these being broken. But he knew his, his team was cheating. He probably it didn't sit well with him in his soul and his morality, which speaks to the prowess of him as a man. Did you hear me mention earlier about the youth baseball coach that had that batter bat? You know, three times. 
Yeah, yeah. And you know, I'm sitting I'm sitting next to Joe Carter. Okay? Joe Carter is one of the best people I've ever met. And Joe said, Andy, that's the same kid that just bat it. Joe went and talked told Jeff Montgomery manager, Monty went up to the umpire. The umpire called the other coach out. The other coach said, Yeah, yeah, we did it. We wanted to win. He didn't even care. Twelve year olds. Okay. So why does somebody why does somebody do that, Michael? Why does somebody have to do that? I'm not sure. I was a huge kid and was always questioned as to, can we see the birth certificate on this monster that you have playing with our children? Um, but I was always playing against older kids in younger realms that, that would cheat. I just recall a championship game my son played. Uh, he was probably about 12, 13 years old, playing his first year of football. And there were kids that, we're not supposed to be playing, I mean, high, almost high school children playing against my middle schoolers. And we still almost won the championship. But, yeah, they definitely cheated. Those kids' hearts were so broken until we told them how everything worked out. And it didn't hurt as much, but they didn't get their championship. So, yeah, that that is absolutely terrible. I mean, these teams that are playing in the AFC and NFC championship t- games today have gotten here. You know, they, they've done things the right way, everything we know. They play by the rules. They've got, obviously, great players, all great teams. Two teams are going to advance to the Super Bowl. and But here's the key thing. The coaches of these teams have integrity. There are coaches that have, that have done things for everything we know the right way. And, you know, I, I think the bottom line is you can learn from that. You, you know, you look at a guy like Patrick Mahomes, and obviously here in Kansas City everybody's enamored with him, but his maturity is what stands out to me. And I know players, like next week, Mitch Morse is going to be on the show with me. Mitch was the chief center for, now with Buffalo, but as a free agent went to Buffalo, but was the Chiefs for the last four years. And, 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 and great guy. Mitch Morse is one of the most quality people I've ever met. And, and he'll talk about Patrick next week. And obviously, as the center, you get, get to know him in a, in a way most people don't. Um, <laughs> I, I've mentioned that to him. I said, well, he knows you better than most people. Anyway, the fact of the matter is, he said, what a leader he is. He's a guy with a great attitude, a great disposition. And that's why I'm not surprised what happened last week when the Chiefs came back from a 24-point deficit. It's about integrity. And the teams that win today, I think, are going to be teams that you're going to see demonstrating that. And when it comes to this whole cheating thing, you know, to me it's disgusting that a team is going to have to do something like the Astros did. They're good enough to win on their own abilities. Yet... There's an insecurity there, and that to me is, Michael, what it comes down to. It's about insecurity, and it starts at younger ages, and it's that's why I've been such a huge proponent on this show of educating youth sport coaches about the psychological aspect of what they do. Doing oh, things man. the right way, doing it with integrity, doing it honestly, and displaying good sportsmanship. And we don't see that enough. We're seeing it more, but we still see so much of the other stuff, and that's what turns my stomach and that's why I'm going to keep doing this show and keep promoting this stuff because people need to hear it. I like to always promote it's not whether you win or lose. It is how you play the game. Because you can win a game and cheat. And it's not a win as it would be if you actually adhered to everything that was going on. You know, it, it, I would love at some point to interview the Chiefs defensive back, Daniel Sorensen. The guy has made some great plays this year. And when you hear the players talk about him, he's a guy who plays with effort and heart and gives it everything he has. Sort of an unsung guy on the team. He made a great tackle last week, obviously, in a fake punt by Houston and stopped, stopped their, them from getting a first down, which contributed to the Chiefs winning. But a guy who apparently 
just busts his butt. And those are the types of people I like to talk to on this show because they do it from heart. They don't try to cheat. They try to do it within the rules. And to me, sports is about, I think sports is the greatest venue in, in, there is. Don't you, Michael? I mean, I love sports. I definitely do. But but do it the right way. Do it fairly. Treat people the same way. Show respect. Show sportsmanship. When the game's over, shake their hands. Walk off the field. Yeah, whichever teams lose today are going to be bummed. Obviously, San Francisco and Chiefs fans are going to be pretty pumped up and hope their home teams win. And here in Kansas City, we know what it's like to lose the championship game like it happened last year in overtime. Yes, we do. But the teams that win today, in my prediction today, are going to talk about their preparation, are going to talk about their focus, their attitude, and most importantly, they're going to talk about their confidence. Michael, thanks for your call, sir. I appreciate it, and good luck to you. Thank you, Doc. You have a good one. Okay. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm here every week. Hope you've enjoyed the show today. This cheating thing we're going to get into more because it's something that's that's close to my heart that I think is wrong. And like I said, it's a lack of confidence. Today in Kansas City, today in San Francisco, the cities are on fire. They're pumped up. These football games are going to determine who goes to the Super Bowl. Who will get there? We'll know tonight. But the bottom line is this. The teams that will be playing in the Super Bowl in two weeks will be the teams that take the right approach today, have the right perspective, and don't choke under pressure. The pressure will be a turn-on. It'll, it'll be a motivator. It'll be a catalyst. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Hope you enjoy our show. Love to hear from you. If you have comments, questions, topics you'd like me to bring up, Send me an email at drj at winnersunlimited.com, drj at winnersunlimited.com. My website is winnersunlimited.com. Follow me on Twitter at drjsportspsych. Our shows are podcasted here at Sports Radio 810 WHB on SoundCloud and on my website. In fact, I checked last week almost 58,000 times in the last year our shows have been podca- podcasts have been listened to. Have a great week. And here in Kansas City, let's go Chiefs. Talk to you next Sunday here on The Leader in Sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. You've been listening to the Sports Psychology Hour. For more information, go to winnersunlimited.com. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist... With 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive, realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development, our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com radio. That's winnersunlimited.com radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com radio. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section, when dad injured his back, when your basketball star tore his ACL, 
Opioids helped with the pain, and you held on to them just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Opioids are powerful pain-reducing prescription medicines, but most people who are prescribed opioids don't finish their prescriptions. So millions of unused opioids are sitting in homes across the country. And tragically, more than 100 Americans die every day from overdoses involving opioids. What can you do to protect your family? Remove the risk of unused opioids from your home. Pills, patches, or syrups in drawers, purses, and cabinets, anywhere they might be hiding. To find out how to dispose of them properly, visit www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. Hi, Grandma. What's for dinner? Hey, honey, I'm making stew tonight. Ooh, can Nina come over? I'm not sure about our new friend. I wonder if there's been any drinking going on. Alcohol at her age can lead to so many bad things. I've been meaning to ask you, what would happen if someone offered you a drink? Grandma! This is hard. She's so young. But I know I need to talk to her about it now before someone tries to give her alcohol. If anyone ever does offer you a drink, I want you to say no. I have too much respect for my family and I don't want to get in trouble. Okay. Really? I promise, Grandma. I love you too. Okay, how about tasting this stew and telling me what you think? Mmm. Some children may try alcohol as young as nine years old. It's not too early to talk about drinking. For tips on how to begin the conversation, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. That's underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. This message brought to you by SAMHSA and this station.